Little did you know you are strong, smart, insightful, beautiful, hilarious, loyal, and loved. The podcast you need to navigate your 20s. Little did you know with Shelby Eastwood. Easter, if you celebrated Easter, or Passover, if you celebrated that. It was a lovely four days off, let me just tell you that, because work is a gong show. If you know me, you know what's been going on um, with work and all, but I, I can't share on here just because of, obviously, privacy issues and stuff like that, but let's just say it is a hot mess express, to say the least, and those four days were great and much needed. I had Easter dinner for the first time in like fudge I don't know five six years maybe maybe even longer it was great uh we played lots of cards drank um you know just relaxed and hung out with family which was awesome and yeah I was counting down there and um there's only I only have two full five-day weeks between now and the end of the school year but nobody's counting right like (laughs) I'm not counting or anything uh, so I'm super excited about that. This week, um, I get to go get my hair done on Saturday, which will be nice. And um, yeah, it'll be great. Uh, but I'm super excited about this week's guest. Um, she, Her name is Marie. And this one kind of, I'll maybe put a little trigger warning on the beginning of it. If um, you've experienced loss or someone close to you has experienced loss in any way, Um, this might be a little bit triggering for you um, because me and Marie talk about some pretty in-depth, severe loss that causes trauma. Um, So if you have experienced that and it's still fresh for you and still new for you, maybe it's not the best episode for you to listen to, um, and I totally understand that, but um, I do hope you stick around because it is healing in a way, right, to talk about um, loss with somebody else who understands, if you know what I mean. So her story is super inspiring, um, sad, but inspiring, and I got, kind of got to relate to her a little bit when, um, we'll talk about my brother and stuff, which is awesome, so, um, yeah, uh, and I can't wait to talk to her about my brother, because my brother's, that was, that was a tricky one, you know what I mean, and, like, people talk about losses of babies all the time, and, and miscarriages, and, and stuff like that, and, Sometimes I don't know what to do or what to say about my brother because he passed away when he was 15 days old and I've never actually met him um, because he was always in he was in the hospital during his entire during his very short life. Um, so it's, it's tricky, you know what I mean, to to talk about that because a lot of people will be like, oh, well, he was only 15 days old, this and that. Um, so it's tricky to talk about and it's awkward because like I say I'm the oldest of seven but there's really only six of us you know what I mean Um, so that's kind of hard to explain sometimes I just say there's seven of us and people ask and people ask but you know so anyway uh, let's get Marie on because she's waiting and we'll take a quick break before that hi Marie how are you I'm really good, Shelby. How are you? Good, thank you. Where are you? There's an accent and I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm somewhere different where my accent is from. I'm actually in Australia, okay. just uh, south of Sydney, but my accent is all the way from Austria. So oh. I moved here in 2004. 
Wow. There was, I see, I was going to say, I was going to say it wasn't English. It's not English, but like it was Australian or New Zealand or it was something. I heard something and I was like, this is. I have such a mix. <laughs> Depending on where people are from, they pick what they are not used to. So Australians always hear my Austrian accent and everywhere else I go, I get Australian. So yeah, it's quite funny. Well, I guess if you've been there since 2004, like that, you probably would have picked up on it. Yeah. Can you hear my Canadian accent? I have slightly adapted. <laughs> yeah. A slight accent. A yeah. little bit? Yeah, I didn't I even, see, like, it's funny because, like, you, sometimes you can't tell, like, when you have an accent, but hearing yours, I'm just like, hmm, where are you? And you said, too, you're like, <laughs> I don't normally do podcasts on the weekends, and I'm like, it's not the weekend here yet, so she's somewhere else, <laughs> <laughs> which is too funny. Um, you're, like, in the future. It's funny because I spoke to another, somebody else who was in Australia the other day, and I was, I thought it was the coolest thing, and now that you're, it's, like, two Australians in a row, and I'm, like, so excited. <laughs> I think it's so cool. I can tell you the future is looking very bright. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said to the other guy. I'm like, you're in the future right now. You're time traveling. (laughs) You guys are so funny. (laughs) So what is it? What time? So are you 16 hours ahead of me? I don't even know. It's 11.30 a.m. for me now. 27, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, 16 hours. Wow. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. It's 7.30 at night on Friday night here. So, you know. <laughs> cool. Um, awesome. So I kind of gave listeners a little teensy little tidbit teaser of um, that you're coming on and kind of like um, your your whole like persona and idea of, of what you do. But um, tell me and tell my listeners your story. What motivated you to do what you do? How did you get to who you are today? Tell me everything. Okay, how many hours do we have? I'm just, I can't even nutshell. <laughs> I was like, I looked at your face. I'm like, wait, is she serious? <laughs> oh, I give you the nutshell version that you can ask me whatever details. You yeah, give me know. like the sparks so, note said, version. You know, yeah, sure. In 2004, I moved here from, uh, from Austria and I was still in the advertising industry. I spent a good decade in advertising. And uh, 10 months after moving to Australia, I met my husband, Rob, and uh, we got married another 10 months later. So if anybody would have told me that, you know, before moving, you'll meet your husband 10 months later, you're married. I'm like, you're nuts. I would never, you know, like if he's Mr. Right, I'd still be, you know, he'd still be Mr. Right in three to five years time. So I'm actually quite glad we did wait because not only did I never regret saying, of course, when he popped the question, but... um, it was also, uh, we didn't have a lot of time together. Like, uh, I mean, for, for some people, that's more than anybody will ever get. But uh, so anyway, let, let me go chronologically. So we got married uh, two years later, had our first son, two years later, our second son, and that completed our family. So uh, when I started a family, I stepped out of advertising because I just knew it's really, really hard to combine the career. I was quite in a high position at that time. I was an account director looking after 25 people in my team. And I just knew that I couldn't be there for both 100%. Mm-hmm. So I left advertising. We had the plan for me to stay home for a few years till the kids were in preschool. And I pretty much did that. And then stumbled into the self-developing, uh, self-development world. So I became a coach and I started my own business. I work predominantly with mindset. So first of all, I started with moms going back into the workforce. Mm-hmm. Then I um, moved on to business owners and they became, you know, higher and higher caliber business owners. And it was all mindset working on the personal growth to achieve business growth. And little did I know 
that these tools would be the absolute base for my own life. Seven and a half years into my own business, uh, my husband went on a business trip and never came home. He literally collapsed in a shower and died. He had a brain aneurysm in the prime of his life, 45 years. He was super fit. He was a surfer, went to regular checkups. There was nothing showing up. Nothing could have ever indicated what was about to happen. And I received that phone call June 2018 and everything collapsed. You know, I was just, whoa. I'm so sorry. At the time. So, yeah. That's my story in a nutshell, and there's heaps more to come, but uh, I'm just going to see if you have any questions so far. How, like, what was what was going through your mind? At, how old were your boys when that happened? Ten and eight. Oh, wow. So the first thing that went through my mind is how on earth am I going to break the news to them? You yeah. Know, that was my first, my first worry, as in how do you even say that? And to be honest, there is no sugarcoating. There's no preparation. There's just like sharing the news. I went mm-hmm. downstairs. They were on their couch in their martial arts uniforms. They were waiting for me to take them to training. And I sat down with them and by the look on my face, they knew they both literally put their iPads down and just looked at me. And I told them what had happened. I told them that their dad had passed and they pretty much fell apart. As you can imagine, I I knew there would be tears and there would be lots of that, but I had three seconds to prepare for that moment while, while I was walking down, you know. I was not prepared for the screaming that came. I really, that screaming pierced through my heart. I'll, I'll never forget that. And after that, it was really a whirlwind, you know. I took the boys, I drove to Rob's mum and dad. I did not want them to find out yeah. about their son's passing over the phone. I knew I had to tell them in person. And then, you know, I called his siblings on the way there and called my mom on the way there because my mom had already booked her flight to come out to Australia to visit us because my son had his first Holy Communion a couple of weeks after. So her flight was already booked to join us for that celebration. But then she joined us for the funeral, you know, and uh, it was really intense and weird timing. The day after we flew out to Perth, the other side of Australia, Mm -hmm. it's five hours flies away for for us uh, to identify Rob's body which was, I'm still having goosebumps talking about this now, it was a very spiritual and bonding experience for us to do that. Really? The boys and I, we really needed to do that together. It was a very sacred moment for us standing around Rob's body and it was just incredible. I have no words to describe what happened there, but I knew that we needed to do that, the three of us, Mm -hmm. for closure. Mm -hmm. I just had to trust my heart and that's basically what it did from the first moment i trusted my heart my intuition just grew exponentially it was really like rob's entire strength was flowing into me he was holding me through the entire process that's the only way how i can describe it i felt so guided by my intuition by my heart i just knew the the more i paid attention to it the more i could trust it you know mm-hmm. and it just grew so we got through the funeral and um, I remember that very pivotal moment for me standing on stage um, in the church. We had picked a church that had tiered seating. So it was literally like like a huge campfire, basically, yeah. you know. And we were all like, I could see like literally all, like every single person out of those 500 plus people in the audience. And I remember standing on stage and Really enough, I picked the exact same dress I was wearing today. I know nobody can see that because it's all audio, but it's a dress I was wearing at the funeral. 
and um and I stood there and I had this pivotal moment because I didn't just deliver a eulogy, I delivered a speech about love and connection and choices that we have. And I felt in that moment two things. Rob was standing right next to me and a friend of mine in the audience actually said to me she saw a glistening shape of a person right next to me having his arm around me. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly where I felt him, you know, to my left. And... The other thing that happened was I felt this is your destiny, Marie. You have to share your message with the world. You have to deliver your message to the world about love and choices and connection and how we live our lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the most beautiful thing for me in this whole adversity that we've been through was that I had no moments of regret with Rob. I, and I, I shouldn't say I, we lived our life with no regrets we lived every day with i love you with connection with we just live that every single day and a lot of people don't do that yeah they realize when it's too late and then have the regrets and i never wanted that so the thing is when i was 20 my dad passed away and that was really tough for me because back then i had no tools that yeah. i have now um but what happened, I always talk about the hidden gifts in adversity and my gift in my dad's passing was to never, ever live a day with regrets. Mm -hmm. There were so many things where I'm like, I wish I could have said that to my dad. Mm -hmm. I wish I could still do this. I wish I could. And I never, ever wanted to experience that feeling again. Yeah. So from there on, I really developed it. Not from there on, probably a year later, it took me a lot of time to work through, to grow through, to heal through. Um, but the gift I got out of my dad's passing was to never live a day with any regrets. And that was the biggest wedding gift he could have given us, you know, Rob and myself to accompany our entire journey together, our 12 and a half years that we had to that's, not have any regrets. You that's, know? that's amazing. Um, I can hear that in the way you talk now, like it's still it still affects you, but you're, you're able to talk about yeah. it, which I applaud you for. And like, it's, that's very inspirational that you Thank still you. have the courage to talk about that. Did in the moment, how did it, like when you got that phone call, how did that affect your mindset? Like on life, just in general, like what was that first thought? Yeah. So I often describe that moment and I'm showing my age here when I do that, like your favorite song playing on a record player and all of a sudden the needle scratches over the the record and the music stops. Wow. That's literally how I felt in that very moment. It's like your favorite happy song playing and all of a sudden it goes screech and stop. And it felt like the entire world kept spinning in such a mm -hmm. fast space and I was tumbling through it in slow motion. That's mm -hmm. exactly how I felt. And, um, but my mind was going a million miles an hour yeah. because I was instantly, you know, my mind was galloping into the future. Like, how do I tell the boys? What do I do next? What am I going to do? What, what am I going to do? You know? Yeah. And there was this calming sense of you've got this, quite quickly that really kicked in very quickly after that phone call it was really so bizarre i was wrapped in this bubble of you are looked after like a, like a big hug and um, yeah and it, it's really bizarre because so many people looked at me and everybody expected me to fall apart yeah and i did the complete opposite i stepped up big time i yeah. stepped into this roaring mama bear 
protecting my boys, wanting to do everything to not only keep them safe, but go a step further, create a really happy life for them. I just wanted to, I just wanted to make them happy. And uh, maybe there was a lot of, scrap them maybe, there was a lot of overcompensating probably Mm -hmm. in in those early days and sometimes still is. But we created this really strong bond, you know, from that moment of entering the plane and spending five hours me bowling on the plane uh, because that was the first moment where I could finally let go because I had nothing to do for five hours. So I just cried the entire plane ride. I just, you know, it was not like (laughs) sobbing and howling there on the plane because the plane was (laughs) took a block full. But I remember having tears rolling down the entire time and I had told the flight attendants what happened because... I needed somebody to know on yeah. that plane. I thought I used to work as a flight attendant in my in my early twenties, and I just thought of that time. I thought, you know, when we were flying and we had somebody on board and somebody control, you know, crying the entire time. You do want to know what's going on yeah. because you want to be there for her. And um, I thought I need to tell them, and I needed somebody to know. Yeah. It was really bizarre, and of course, I burst into tears telling them because it was so fresh. I felt for them so badly, but they were so beautiful. They Aww. looked after my boys with so much love and care in their heart. It's really, it really touched me, you know, and they still talk about it now. It's like, remember the chocolate we got <laughs> on the plane? They were like going to full on sugar rush when we got off the plane, as you can imagine. That's so funny. Yeah. Something you mentioned, and this it hits a little, this, what you mentioned hits a little hard for me because, um, in 2015, so I'm the oldest of seven siblings. I still say that I have seven siblings when in reality I don't, I know I kind of mentioned this to you prior to us, um, recording this. So in 2015, um, no, not 2013, sorry. In 2013, my mom gave birth to her first and only son. Um, she had four daughters. So me and my three other sisters and he, I guess you could say it was a surprise. Like she was a little, like she was a little bit older. She was in her mid forties or so. And, um, he was born, not premature. He wasn't premature because he was like five or six pounds. Um, so like still, still high chance of survival and stuff. And he was born October 1st, Mm. 2013. And I remember getting the phone call because I was in first year, I was in second year university and, um, my stepdad called me and was like, yeah, your brother's been born. Like, um, he's in the, the NICU right away. Like they've intubated him and all of that stuff. And it's for us, I don't know when Australian Thanksgiving is, but Canadian Thanksgiving is that first weekend of October. We don't have Thanksgiving. Oh, (laughs) well, our Thanksgiving's like, our Thanksgiving's like the October. weekend yeah the first long weekend in October and so that's like it was all around right then and I remember getting a phone call around Thanksgiving because I was at my dad's and they were like yeah your mom's doing well like Lachlan's doing well like he's they he's the doctors are saying like he's gonna make it this and that so like we kind of had a little bit of hope and then on October 15th I remember I was sitting there and he called me and he's like no we like they had to make the decision to to take his tubes out and he had passed away that day so he was 15 days old and my mom has never been the same since like ever so when you said you turned around and like you were there for your boys it when all of that happened my other sister's birthday is October 10th so it was right in the middle of all of it and she forgot my sister's birthday like like everything about her like they didn't celebrate her birthday and she was like well like Lachlan's more (laughs) important blah 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 like and I I I feel that you know what I mean like I understand that but you still have four other surviving Mm -hmm. kids 
You know what I mean? So like yeah. when you said you turned around and you were like the mama bear and like you you wanted to mm. be there for your boys, for me and my experience, it was the opposite, if that makes sense. Like my mom completely yeah. shut down and she's never been the same since and that's almost yeah. been nine years now. So like the fact yeah. that you were able – like you said that, like I I admire that a lot and I'm I'm thankful that your and boys – you're I'm thankful that your boys were able to experience that because I know how hard it is like when a parent loses your either your spouse or a child or stuff like that like I've yeah. my family's been through it so I know that that's tough and I'm I'm happy your boys yeah. got the good version of you <laughs> oh thank you so much I think you know with all due respect I think um, from a mom's perspective I I cannot imagine how um how crazy it would have been for mm-hmm. her and how hurtful to lose her little baby boy on the other hand I always think um, there comes a time where you need to decide, do you want to choose healing in your life or yeah. not? And really healing and happiness, they are choices that mm-hmm. we make. And not everybody's able to make these choices or not everybody chooses to go yeah. there. Let me put it that way. Everybody would have the ability, but it really is a mindset thing. And um, I'd so love for your mom to join my group. I, I know that she would get a lot out of that, so maybe you can convince her and send her the link. And <laughs> for see sure, I got. I've been trying to convince her. To, I've been trying to convince her to talk to somebody yeah. for years, so <laughs> that yeah. might be that might be a, di- a different avenue for her. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's. I believe that. How, Thank you so um, much for sharing that with me. Was did you like? Did you when your husband passed away? Did you did you talk to somebody afterwards, like a therapist or somebody? Yeah. So. I, I absolutely did. Um, about a week after his funeral, I had a massive meltdown. I literally had, I, I call it like a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And uh, so you have to imagine also, like as I said before in, in, in my story, I we had the funeral midweek. And then on Sunday, I walked my son down the aisle for his first Holy Communion yeah. all by myself and the entire town all the eyes were on me because everybody knew what had just happened yeah. and that we just had the funeral three four days ago and I had tears running down my face the entire time I really tried to keep it together for for Jed because I felt this is his big day I really wanted to have that but I remember when we walked back through the church I just looked at uh, my brother-in-law and I looked at Rob's best mate who was his uh, his godfather mm. and I just looked at them and they just took Jed and sat with him and I walked out and I just collapsed I cried I was really I get so emotional just now thinking yeah. about it you know because it was so intense I just wanted him to be happy and I thought this is not how I had planned this day for you you know I really wanted you to be happy and I was so grateful that Mark who was his godfather his, his beautiful wife Kaz she took took over the entire celebration mm-hmm. she had everybody over after and it was very small family only anyway because I could have not coped with too many people yeah. but she did everything she had the most amazing feast planned and mm-hmm. everything like she really took care of everything bless her she was just amazing and uh yeah so after that a couple of days later I had a nervous breakdown in the kitchen I remember it all started off with the little pickering between Flynn and Jed and I said to them, can you just please, can you just please brush your teeth and like, you know, get ready for bed? It was at night time, obviously. And they were both upstairs brushing their teeth and it went on and on. And then I remember being a bit louder and going like, boys, can you please just keep it down? You know, I, I felt like I can't cope with anything yeah. right now. I really felt my nerve costume was so thin, you know, and mm. I, um, 
And then all of a sudden I yelled out to them. I said, I just need peace and quiet. And that sentence triggered something in me. I felt it was like a valve had opened and I couldn't hold back anymore. I said that sentence over and over again and I started yelling it and I started screaming it and then I was screaming on the top of my lungs, just screaming. I just need peace and quiet till I just screamed, pitch, just screaming. And I was whacking the kitchen cupboards. I was collapsing on the floor. I was on the floor sobbing and screaming and then it was quiet. And it was like watching myself from up above, from the outside. It was such an out-of-body experience. It was with so much force. It scared me. Mm -hmm. It really scared me. It felt like I was watching myself and I was so scared what was happening to me and I could not stop it. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, are my neighbors going to call the police or the ambulance or who are they going to call? Somebody's going to rock up and take me away from my boys. I got so scared. And then when everything was quiet, I was so scared for them because I thought, shivers, they have experienced that full force. They're upstairs. We've got open plan. There was no doors. Like, you know, so I walked upstairs. My little one was literally hiding under my duna in my bed. My older son was sitting on my bed. And then I sat with him in our bed and I just talked to them. And I said, uh, I remember looking at him saying, were you scared? And he just nodded, you know, and I said, so was I, it was not fun, you know? And, and then I said to my older son, I said, you know, how you are talking to somebody at school because they had the school counselor mm-hmm. that they could talk to. Yeah. I said, I think I need to talk to somebody too. I was the moment when I'm like, what are you thinking, Marie, getting through this on your own? I looked at Flynn and he said, I think that's a good idea, mum. And the next day I called a positive psychologist that I had on my standby list. Cause you know, working as a coach, sometimes you come across people that go way past yeah. coaching capacity when it comes to clinical depression or suicidal thoughts. Yeah. I do not touch that. I really refer them on to a positive psychologist. I keep them as stable as possible, but I refer them on because this is not what I'm trained in. Yeah. So I had her on standby and I have heard of her. I've never met her in person. And she called me back and said, look, I don't have any capacity. However, I heard of your phone call. I just wanted to know why me, you know, and I told her why and why it was so important for me and that I didn't want to work with anybody else. I really just had this, she was recommended and everything I heard about her was like, that's her. She's the one. And when she heard that, she's like, I want to give you one of my emergency spots that I keep for when I have to move appointments. And and the rest was history. We worked together for four months. She was an incredible support for me. She was so, so calm, so beautiful, so amazing. And one question that she asked me really triggered me to actually write a book about my whole story. I said to her, I think I need to write a book about that, how I dealt with it how I looked at grief and death so differently to most people I know mm-hmm. to have that outlook on happiness. And and that's what I did. I wrote the book and I called it Loving Love After Loss. That was the seed planted for everything that was to come. That's amazing. Um, I'm, I want to ask you about that, but I just want to tell you again, <laughs> I just... I'm in awe with you, with your strength and the fact that you're able to have that conversation with your boys and like mm. just admit the fact, hey, like mom needs help too and I'm going to do that too. Yeah. Like oh. just to say that to them I think takes a lot of strength and I'm 
very proud of you for that. Like, I know we don't know each other, but I just want you to know that, like, Thank I you feel so much. That. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It was really hard for me to have the conversation, but I thought I can't just let them experience yeah. that and then not say something. I need to talk to them about that, what happened and how I felt. And I was really scared when that happened. So oh, I can only sure. imagine how scared they would be experiencing that. So keeping that so open between them and me, mm-hmm. I, it made me realize in hindsight, as horrible as it was, it was good in a way for them to see that I'm only human exactly for them to experience it with less force but I was gonna say the exact same thing it it helps I was gonna say the same thing it helps them realize that you have feelings too and you're feeling it as well and you're not just like some superhero who's gonna fake it through the day sort of thing Um, oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) I try to be but I'm definitely not (laughs) no for sure so Tell me about the... I have to take my cape off and get it washed, you know? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Everyone does. Um, tell me about the feedback you got after your book got published and it was out in the world. Oh, well, it was quite mind-blowing, to be honest. I, I wrote the book because I wanted to give other people hope. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share our story, to leave a love legacy for Rob. I just felt like I had something I needed to share. What I didn't expect was... The book didn't only become an Amazon number one bestseller, it actually ranked in the top 100 of Australia, and that really blew my mind. I was like, whoa, I didn't expect that. I really didn't expect that. And we had uh, a trip planned around the world. I just wanted to get the boys away from all these first milestones without their dad. You know, Christmas was coming up, Mm -hmm. and then New Year's, and then both their uh, birthdays are in January. I just wanted to take them away. Yeah. I literally wanted to wrap them in my arms and go and go somewhere where it's nice and happy and beautiful. And we went to the Maldives and Canary Islands and we ate escargot in Paris and you know, we did all these crazy things. I was like, let's do this, let's live life, let's do whatever we want. And we did that for two months. Wow. And while I was in Vienna, where I was born, I had this epiphany that I thought, this is so much more than just a book. This was just a seed planted. I have to do so much more with that. And when I came back, I started working with a mentor. And three weeks later, I opened the doors to Love and Love After Loss, the movement. I opened up a group. And meanwhile, we've got three and a half thousand people in there. I've developed healing journeys and programs and retreats. And wow. the effect that has on people that thought that they could never heal their grief is absolutely it just blows my mind i have no words it's really life-changing and in many cases um life-saving and i love that i love what i do i feel so much purpose in that you know and it's Mm -hmm. just i feel very humbled i'm absolutely honored that's that's amazing um what do you find people learn the most or take away the most from like your 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 movement and the retreats and and all of that yeah i believe um choices would be a one-word answer you know a a fresh perspective that you can actually look at grief from so many different angles and for me the biggest thing is often people feel that we are so taught by society that the amount of love that we have for this person has to equate the amount of grief that we portray Mm -hmm. but it's not true because when you think of the love that you have with this person And if love was a person, if you ask love, then love wouldn't want you to fall apart and be sad. Love would want you to be happy. 
Yeah. And that's what love is. Love wants you to be happy. So for me, that was a very, very clear message. And I was very lucky that Rob and I had a few of those conversations, as you do as parents sometimes. You know, what if something was to happen to you? Of course, that's all theory. Don't get me wrong. But we always said to each other, if something was to happen to you, I would want you to take the boys and create the happiest life possible. Yeah. Because again, that's what love is. That's yeah. what you want if you love someone. And I wanted that for Rob and I know he wanted that for me. So I knew what I had to do. And I'm not saying it's easy, yeah. but it was a simple choice. For and sure. my choice was happiness. And are you happy now? I am. Good. Good. <laughs> I really am. Yeah, I'm very, very proud of what I've achieved. I'm proud of you and I don't even know you and I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's... Yeah. And I also just released my second book, which is called Happy Healing. So I released that on the 2nd of the 2nd, 22. I thought for the second book, that's such a perfect day. That's so cool. And yeah. yeah. Um, did, you self, did you self-publish both of them or were they, were they published through a, through a publisher? They're both on Amazon. So did, so but did you both available as did you self publish them? Did you self publish them yourself? Yes, I self published. And the yes, fact that you got number one, you got number one on Amazon self publishing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. It was yeah, it was really unbelievable. I thought yeah, I'm sure that Rob had his hands in that. Seriously, he pulled <laughs> some strings there. I think <laughs> that's amazing. I'm I'm really glad that that you're happy now and your boys like they're happy. They're happy too, and they're good. Yeah, they they are in a really good space. Um, of course, life comes with ripples and waves every now and then. Sure. My little one just started um, high school and he had a bit of a rough time to start because he was the only one from his entire class from primary who didn't have anybody else in his class that he knew. So he literally started completely from scratch and it was a bit you know, scary and daunting yeah. for him. But um, two weeks in and he was fine. And I knew it wouldn't take long for him to make friends because he's one of those kids that everybody just loves him. So <laughs> I knew it wouldn't take long. But of course it's tough, you know, when yeah. you go to school that is like 10 times the size of the one you've been before and all of a sudden you've got no friends. It's yeah. like, ooh, huge yeah. shock to the system. But he really rocked it. He was amazing. But he also said to me, he is worried about people finding out or asking him about his dad and he didn't want to tell anyone and I said I totally get that mm-hmm. I really do understand that because you don't want to have that label are you he's that kid without a dad you know it, it's shocking and that sometimes still breaks my heart a little because it's just I'm just a huge believer in not labeling people 100%. but that's what society does and I don't even say that in a judgmental way but that's what we do because you know we do label people that's just what we do we, you know it's like when we don't know somebody we need those labels to help us remember and you know you'd be oh that chick with the long blonde hair you know <laughs> if I don't know you it's like it's also a label no know? 100% it's, and what, it's what do you do it's, yeah, yeah that reminds me of two things but he so doesn't want that label obviously yeah you know? no that reminds me of two things yeah. um one I'm a teacher so the amount of labels kids put on other kids is ridiculous mm. and I try to stop that like whenever I hear it and other and, like the students are telling me like I, I try to nip that in the butt as soon as I can but kids yeah. are mean like kids <laughs> are mean and then that reminds me too of when I was in grade five so my parents are all in the military and I grew up on a military base yeah. and so when I was in grade five that's when um there was the big war in Afghanistan. So, like, my mom had been overseas. My dad wow. was overseas and all that stuff. And one of the kids in our yeah. class, his boy, his wow. his dad had passed away when we were in grade five in Afghanistan. Yeah. And he was gone for school for, like, five, six weeks at a time. And he, he failed grade five yeah. because 
he was absent so much, you know what I mean? And that followed him through the rest of elementary school, through high school, and, like, uh, like, yeah, you're mentioning, like you're mentioning labels, yeah. right? Like, he was labeled the kid whose dad passed away in Afghanistan. And, like, that's yeah. terrible. Like, terrible. Yeah. And, like, that's when I was in school, and it's, yeah. like, nothing's changed. People are still mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but I wouldn't even call it mean, you know. It's just what people do. I yeah. really try to take the judgment out of it because it, it is really something that we do and the good thing is that there is usually no malintention behind that mm. it's just something that makes people straight away understand who you're talking about yeah you know, i really try to see things like that more neutral that's one of the tools i use to to like take that. the judgment out of it and of course of course it can be seen as mean i totally get that you know and it would be easy to see that way but i much prefer to say well it's just neutral it is just what happened and yeah. of course for him it doesn't feel nice to have that label however for other people it makes it easy to straight away know who they're talking about and so like understand if you understand put it a bit more of a neutral spin on that then yeah it takes that heaviness away from it of course not so much for the boy i understand that but very often there's no malintention and like just, you know there's so many things that people do all the time you know somebody passes and they come with I'm so sorry for your loss or my condolences. These are just phrases that I just can't hear them anymore. You will never, ever hear me say them to people because I don't, you know, they're, they're just so overused. Mm-hmm. And I also know there's no malintention behind that. I totally get that. Yeah. But for people to, you know, well, that, that really goes way further than actually I, I was meaning to go now. But anyway, I'm just going to say that I never use the phrase i'm sorry for your loss because i am a huge believer in the universe knows what it's doing and that there are soul contracts that we form way before we are born this is my belief and i understand that everybody's faith is very different but i strongly believe that rob and i had a soul contract and that was over and this soul contract was made with so much love and there was so much purpose behind that and i was very lucky that I found my purpose very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I felt there was, there were so many gifts in his passing that I got. And it was like his love was ongoing, you know, yeah. it was still there just showering me with all these gifts and to not make his death uh, be meaningless. I needed yeah. to grab those gifts yeah. and run with them, you know, and that that's just my belief and that's why i would never say i'm sorry for your loss because and i would also not congratulate people don't get me wrong i'm not going that far to flip it the other way but i accept it as it is and i Mm -hmm. see the love in it and i see the purpose in it and that has really helped me to be at peace with it i like i I think that's the aim yeah to be at peace with things how they are and not to rest in peace on me when you die yeah it has to happen now i love that mindset because i can hear like through your story how much that changed like the outcome and how you've moved your life forward yeah yeah Yeah. so like that's just getting in that mindset and like you're right like you're you're right I was incorrect like it it doesn't necessarily have to be said meanly or said in spite or or what have you like it's all about how you think of it and I tend to have a negative mindset around things so (laughs) correct but I just prefer to neutralize yeah yeah with all due respect I just love taking the heaviness out of things no for sure i'm (laughs) i always think of the negative side of things so that was good you put me in my place i appreciate that (laughs) um something something sorry i said thank you you're too kind (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, something I do like to ask um, all my guests is you talked a little bit about like um, what happened when you were 20 with your dad passing and you mentioned how you were a flight attendant and stuff. Mm. If you could go back knowing everything you know now, having gone through everything you've gone through so far, if you could go back and tell your 20-year-old self anything, what would you have told her? Oh, wow. I, I had an instant answer pop up when you asked me that, which is really interesting. I love that. I'm just going to go with that. Um, what came up for me was forgive quicker. Was what, don't sorry? Don't hold on to things. Forgive oh, quicker. Forgive quicker. Yeah, don't hold on to things for too long mm-hmm. because in, in the, you know, it's that, um, what was that rule called? I have to I have to try to remember this now. It's something like the the five times something rule five by five. If it doesn't matter anymore in five years time, then don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, you know, it's not worth worrying about it for more than five minutes. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking does. about. Yeah. And that's so true. You know, it's really yeah, focusing more on what you do have rather than all the things you don't have. It's the the forgiving quicker. I think would be a huge lesson that I would like to have learned a little bit earlier. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. I tend to hold on to people or yeah. things and grudges, so that's a, that's a good one to take for me to take out of that yeah. too. Because <laughs> you're only hurting yourself when you don't forgive. You know, you're only holding yourself back and not the other person. Hundred so, percent. The other person's yeah, over it. They don't care. Protection in there as well. Yeah. Forgiveness. The other person doesn't care if you're mad. Like you just, but you need to get to that point because it's like you said, it's only hurting yourself, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. Where can my listeners find you? Where can they get become part of your, your group and your movement? I think the easiest way would be mariealessi.com because that's my name.com and you find everything on there. My first book, my second book, my group. You can book a chat with me if you just want to get in touch and have a bit of an idea of you know how I could help you. Um, we also have the link to my group where you find a free healing journey. All members of my group get a free healing journey to get started, to see what it would be like to work with me. And for some, that's all they need. And for others, they want to come further. It's absolutely fine. You know, it's just I want to put as many resources and tools out there for people mm-hmm. to find healing and to find uh, their purpose in it all. So That's yeah. amazing. Social media, anything? Facebook, Instagram? Oh, yeah. I'm on Instagram. So all the links to my social media pages and groups and everything is on my website as well. So I'm on Instagram under loving life after loss with dots in between. So loving dot life dot after dot loss. Um, yeah. And um, everywhere else under my name, Marie Alessi. So awesome. you'll find me everywhere. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I want to check out your book, actually. Um, I'm, I'm very yeah. intrigued. I like to read, so I'm very intrigued. I want to I want to read it. <laughs> Um, (laughs) I will but um, thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with me Um, I know we were bouncing back and forth and it got it got messed up but I'm glad we made it and I'm glad that we got to have a chat (laughs) I I learned a lot and I really appreciate um, you being vulnerable and sharing your story with everybody so thank you thank you so much for having me Shelby I really really enjoyed our connection me as well and we'll keep in touch okay Yep, absolutely. All right, take care. Well, that was an episode and a half. Um, I love her. She's so sweet. Um, and I just feel like we need to digest that one. And just what you, here's your goal for the week. Go and give somebody a hug. Go and tell somebody you love them because you never know how long that they're going to be around for. So just 
love the ones that are close to you and love your family and love your friends and love your significant others, love your dogs. Um, just go give somebody a hug this week and tell them how much they mean to you because you never know. Um, but on that note, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Thank you.